Hey guys, I just want to extend a quick offer to you because, you know, as knitters, I know that you love audiobooks because I love audiobooks. Let's face it, we want to keep our hands busy knitting, right? I mean, this is the truth. So, as a special gift for you, listeners of the Power Pearls podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service for free. So all you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash powerpearls to get your free download and start your free trial today. I always say where there's a will, there's a way. And if you really want something, you'll find a way to go out there and get it or achieve it. So, I mean, just never give up. That was designer Christine Marie Chen, also known as the Bay Area Knitter, on this episode of the Power Pearls podcast, where you'll always hear candid conversations with everyday knitters and designers with compelling backstories. I'm Kara Gott Warner, editor of Creative Knitting Magazine, and I will dig deep and ask the big question, why we started knitting and what keeps our needles going. Hello, podcast listeners. Kara here again with another episode of the Power Pearls podcast. Today, I'm chatting with knitwear designer Christine Marie Chen. Christine was born in Oklahoma, but has lived and traveled worldwide. Christine loves working with her hands and considers knitting the ultimate therapy. Finding inspiration everywhere, Christine's hand knitting patterns have been published in Creative Knitting, and other popular knitting magazines, yarn companies, and also through Ravelry. Christine lives, raises her children, and knits from her home in the San Francisco Bay Area. Christine, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is great. So um, so I shared a little bit about you, Christine. Um, now I want you to dig in a little bit more and just kind of fill in the gaps, share more about yourself personally, you know, and about your business, what inspires you, so the listeners can, you know, get to know you a little bit more. Right. So as you said, I was born in Oklahoma, <clears throat> and I lived there until I was about nine years old. Um, at that time, we actually moved to Oaxaca, Mexico, and my parents were missionaries down there for about six years. So I was exposed to a lot of cultural differences, cultural art, which I think really inspired me. Um, I, I loved going to the downtown where they had a park and I would watch the weavers in the park, you know, with their looms. They were sitting on the ground with those looms. Um, the local artisans with their embroidered clothing. You know, I just loved seeing how the yarn was used in different ways and all the different colors, you know, the combinations of colors and everything. So I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, nowadays, the way I look at things. It was just beautiful. So at that time, also, my mom taught me how to crochet when, I, when we lived down there in Mexico. And um, she taught me the granny square, which was the first thing I ever learned. <laughs> and 
probably what most people learn first. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that the granny square was pretty much all I did. And it just grew. I didn't do the little granny squares like some people do where they sew them together. I just did one big granny square. It just kept growing and growing. You know, I just kept going round and round until I had a nice throw sized throw. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that was that was pretty much how I got started. Um, when I was a kid, where some of my inspiration comes from. After that, you know, after we lived in Mexico, the years went by. Um, we I didn't really think too much about it. You know, adolescence and life just kind of seemed to happen like that. <laughs> so I kind of got away from it for a while. So when did you come to knitting? I mean, like, so crochet, you learned how to crochet. So you, you did the giant granny squares, right, forever. And right. then you, like, let it go. Because that was, like, me, too. Like, I learned how to knit when yeah. I was 12. You know, my grandmother taught me. And then I just, you know, I forgot about it. And um, mm -hmm. and then I came back to it later, you know, just because, it, you know, there was this very pivotal moment in my life, you know, that brought me there. Um, but, uh, but anyway, you know, so I came back at a later time. So um, I guess that this might be a cool place to talk about that, because I believe that knitters have stories, you know, like, what brought them to knitting in the first place, or, you know, craft in general. I mean, you could talk about that it doesn't have to be necessarily knitting, because I feel like, you know, the the crafts that we engage in all play into each other. You know what I mean? So we all have these stories, um, like, like maybe, you know, you turn to knitting as a refuge or whatever, maybe you had already been knitting, but was there something special, you know, or something that you struggled with maybe, I don't know. And knitting was there, like, you know, it just guided you, you know, helped you through it. Can you think of any ex examples of that in your life? And also, like when you started knitting, like when, when did you do that? I want actually, the, I wanted to ask you that first. When was the first time you picked up needles? So the first time I picked up needles, and it also ties into that pivotal moment, I think, was um, probably in 2003 when I was, or maybe it was 2004 when I was pregnant with my daughter. And, you know, I, I was recently married and you know, I'd quit the work. Um, I was a hairdresser in Oklahoma, and my husband lived in Illinois. We moved to Illinois. I didn't have any friends or family. So I'm newlywed. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I don't have friends or family. And I just, you know, kind of started thinking about you know, needlework again, and something that I could do from home, I wasn't going to work anymore, because we decided I could be a stay at home mom. And so that's pretty much when I started. Um, well, when I first picked up the needles, I had a friend um, that would come over and she, you know, she said, Oh, I could teach you how to knit. And she tried, and it didn't work. <laughs> I just couldn't get the concept of, you know, since I started out as crochet, I guess, of how you could hold two needles and the yarn at the same time. And she just didn't really, I guess she wasn't good at teaching. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> so, so yeah, then I let it go again. And I went back to the crocheting granny squares and little Afghans. But then a couple years later, when I was pregnant with my daughter, <laughs> Of course, the knitting bug hit me again, 
And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just never wanted to give up on that. It was a challenge and I like challenges. So I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give this another shot. So, um, I actually went to the library and I borrowed, (laughs) I think I borrowed every book they had on how to teach yourself how to knit. (laughs) (laughs) And I started trying to teach myself how to knit. And, um, back then, you know, this was, I don't even think I was that much into watching YouTube or anything like that. So I was more into the books and, and trying to teach myself from books and, I would try it and, you know, just frog it and keep trying it. You know, I don't know if I was doing it right. So then (laughs) I found out there was a class at a local library and they were teaching you how to knit for free. So I ended up going to that and, you know, the lady showed me how to hold the needles. They were there and that's what it took. It was one-on-one training they showed you the basic knit and purl stitches and my first project that I ever did was a scarf which I don't I don't like starting people out with scarves anymore but <laughs> but that was the first thing I learned to do and it was just a garter stitch scarf but even with that I was addicted <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean you could just make scarves forever um yeah so now you designed patterns hand you know hand knitting patterns and you teach some do you teach classes as well you you kind of do some local yarn shop yeah uh events right I haven't in a while I'm not maybe it's been about a year now that I haven't done it but um you know after I learned how to knit and then I kept teaching myself from books I I continued for like a couple years just borrowing books from the library and then I got into watching YouTube and so I'm pretty much self-taught on the knitting and so we moved here to Illinois, and I went into a local yarn shop, Beverly's, and I was just curious, you know, I said, do you have a knitting instructor? And they said, no, we don't. You know, they thought I was looking for one, when in fact, I was kind of interested in teaching. And so they said their instructor had just quit. And I said, well, do you need one? <laughs> and I mean, it was as easy as that. She's like, well, yeah, we're looking for somebody because we have people come in all the time asking if we've got a teacher. And um, she said, if you want to come in this weekend and do a demo, you know, show us what you know. And so I did that. And I mean, it for the next two or three years, ever since then, I was there every weekend and just um, I wasn't actually working for them, but they would let me bring in my table and my stuff, you know, my knitting, my yarn. um, And I would set up a table and sit near the front where people would see me when they walked in. And I had flyers made up and they let me hang the flyers in the yarn aisles that I taught knitting classes. And I came up with a special time that I would be there every weekend. And people would either call ahead and make an appointment or they would just drop in. So I whether I had anybody on the schedule or not, I sat there every weekend in case somebody would show up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what you have to mm-hmm. do. And just kind of get yourself yeah. out there. So and but back to the um, pivotal moment. So like you so you were pregnant with your daughter, um, or when you right around the time you had, you had your daughter. And so why would, you know, talk a little bit more about why this was a pivotal moment. I mean, were you, you were in a new, in a new place, right? And you just you didn't have many friends at that point like what 
you know, what was it that, you know, what was it about knitting that, that helped you, you know, during those early days, you know, like, can you dig into yeah. that a little bit more? Like once I actually got down the knit and purl stitches and the garter stitch, um, and it just, um, I guess I don't want to go into too many details about this situation, but <laughs> my, my husband is Chinese. And so his parents came over to stay with us, um, while I was pregnant and, you know, there's some conflicts there. There's some, um, <laughs> you know, cultural differences and everything. And I think it just became my refuge because, you know, I could knit for hours and it would just calm me down and relax me. And so it's kind of, that's kind of why I say it's like my therapy because um, I've had a lot of stress in my life um, in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> and people mm -hmm. that know me sure. know about this, so that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think his parents are going to be watching or listening because they don't even <laughs> speak English. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I like that you're, you know, being honest and transparent. And that's kind of what I've been trying. I'm trying right. to pull that out of you, right. Christine. <laughs> so, yeah. And when you so said going to dig deep, I was like, okay, she's going to get into the nitty gritty. And I'm going to just <laughs> let it out. I'm going to tell people my in-laws live with us more than 50% of the time. And I just retreat to my knitting. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I know for myself, I mean, I, I can relate. I mean, I love my family, you know, the extended family, but in, and that's just, an, I'm using that as an mm -hmm. example uh, as well. But yeah, I, in many ways, I can find myself go, turning to my knitting because it's going to calm me down. And, and, and like you said, and, maybe keep me from getting angry or, you know, just a little grumpy because knitting. Oh, she's uh, going to go there. Makes, <laughs> yeah, I am. Knitting make, makes uh -huh. me feel good. I mean, all I can just think oh, about yeah. knitting and I'll uh -huh. smile. You know what I mean? And, and the thing that's really wonderful too is that, you know, it's not like sewing and other crafts that are uh, stationary, so to speak, you know, like a sewing machine can't really travel. Right. I mean, it can, but not, you know, can't go in the car, can't go down on the couch, uh, you know, and so your knitting can. So if you're, you're like, I know for myself when I'm hanging with, you know, let's say I am with, with my family or who, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. But like, if I can have my knitting sitting right there mm -hmm. with me and my mind is like stable, you know right. what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm in this place, like you said, therapy, you know, because I, I'm going to get, I always, I always like to get a little woo woo on this podcast and just like I do on the morning cool down too, you know, it's like, it is a uh, very medit, it's a meditative contemplative. Yes. I can never say it quite right, but I consider knitting to be that, you know, there's something very spiritual about it in a way. And, um, it really can help kind of soothe the emotions mm -hmm. from erupting. You know what I mean? So it's a very virtuous activity, wouldn't you it's say? Hypnotic. <laughs> <laughs> For it really is. And you know, I've had Patty Lyons on the show, uh, both on the Power Pearls podcast and, um, in the morning cool down. And she brought this up on the morning cool down. And she said that knitting in the round is, is our, it's like using prayer beads. Yeah. And I couldn't believe she said this because, you know, she's not a Buddhist right. you know, <laughs> or someone that would wear, that would, you know, use a prayer bead. I'm just using that as an example. But, um, 
I thought that was really mm. cool, you know, because it is. It's a lot like you could say she was saying in general prayer beads or rosary beads or whatever. Right. So um, that then I knew to myself, I thought, wow, no wonder like you do this thing that's going around and around and around in a mm-hmm. circle and it's it's nonstop and it's it, it just creates you put like you said, like you can it, it's hypnotic and it does put you in this this meditative kind of motion right. that's going around and around. So anyway, yeah, I went way, way, way oh, over no, there on that, day, on that day. Yeah, because it does. It <laughs> calms my, like, you know, I could be just stressed out and tense. And once I sit down and start knitting, I can feel my whole body relax and just everything slows mm-hmm. down. You know, your breathing slows down and everything. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thanks for, you know, going and going yeah. in there and sharing <laughs> <laughs> um, because you know that's what this podcast is all about we're knitters but it's, life is not only about knitting you right. know what I mean it's like you know knitting imitates life and life imitates knitting and we're all you know we're real people having real experiences right, right? and I love that it's portable because you know when the in-laws are here sometimes I don't want to come home <laughs> yeah oh totally I know right it's so awesome and if you're if you're like savvy enough or um, I should say organized enough is more like it to I mean like most knitters are because we're like I'm gonna figure out how to take my knitting with me everywhere and so you do you know you just do um so very cool now you know I want to get into now your your podcast because you know we can talk about your designs more and all that but but I think what's really unique um is definitely how we're taking our love for knitting and designing, but really it's it's about the knitting, you know, and using other mediums that are out there. Like you've got your video podcast that you've just started and I have this podcast. And also I just discovered Periscope Yay. yesterday <laughs> and right, <laughs> and you're my Yay. friend. I have like three people. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, Yeah, it's not many yet, but by the time this goes live, I hope more people are out there watching, but, uh, but we just scoped and they call it a scope. I'm really getting good at all the lingo when I just started, but better than um, I was my first day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I was like, Whoa. But, um, so we, we, uh, we just did a little, a little scope, uh, you know, and it was like a little sneak peek of this. So it's like, Hey, here's what's going on. And we talked a little bit about a pivotal moment, but we didn't get as deep as we just did. Um, which was cool, but it was just like a little taste of what's to come. So, um, so I think that, you know, utilizing technology in this way to like create a new experience for knitting or for craft in general is awesome, you know? So, so, uh, tell me about your video podcast. Cause I'm, I'm going to be a guest Yay, soon too. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have to figure We have to figure that out. But, um, but anyway, so what is, can you share like, what you feel makes yours different? Like, what are the kind of things that you're talking about on your show? So with mine, um, so the first episode I actually did with Lorna Miser, um, because we had just returned from TNNA and we shared a flight and then I stayed at her house before I drove back to my home. And I told her, I said, you know, I've been meaning to start a podcast and would you want to be my first guest? And she's like, oh, well, I guess. Yeah. I said, cool, you'll be my guinea pig. Plus, (laughs) plus it was easier to have my first recording with someone instead of trying to come up with some, you know, think of what to say by myself. It's kind of hard when you're not talking to someone and there's not that interaction going on. So our first podcast together was kind of a recap of TNNA and we just kind of showed the stuff that we brought home our stash and (laughs) talked 
you know, mm-hmm. talked about the show. And then... Um, and just so uh, and just so everyone knows, I'm sorry to cut you off, but TNNA, like, so we've got a mix here. We've got designers in the house listening, and we also have, oh, right. you know, just everyday knitters. So they're not going to know what TNNA is. So just so you guys know, TNNA is the National Needle Arts Association trade show. So it's really cool because it's where we all go as, like, the industry people go to get all the new yarns for the following season. And there's, you know, the yarn companies, publishers, designers. It's like, it's like, it's like Vegas for mm-hmm. knitters. Right. And then Lorna Meiser is also another designer. So, um, and then after that show, I decided, you know, I want to try to do this more like on a weekly basis. I had to start thinking, okay, what am I going to post or, you know, what am I going to podcast about? So I started talking about some of the designing that I do for the magazines and the yarn companies. Um, I started a knit along and I mentioned it on the podcast and got a lot of, um, I think I have, wow, I have, this is my first knit along ever. And I think, I don't know if the podcast contributed to this or if it was more advertising it on Instagram, but I had over a hundred people participate in the knit along. Wow. That is good. I mean, this, and you said that was like the first, the first one you did. Yeah, this is the first knit along I've ever done. And so I've, I've actually sold 106 copies of the pattern on Ravelry to people that are participating in the knit along. And, and you're doing that on Periscope too? A the, little. The, like the knit along? Yeah, I've shown it just a couple times That's on cool. Periscope. And then I, I post, you know, on Instagram and we have a special hashtag for it and, and, um, Twitter. I haven't had much, yeah, I haven't had much, um, I don't get much luck with Facebook. I think I'm on Instagram more than anything. Facebook, you know, it's, I don't know. It's like, it can be a tough, you know, it can be tough for pages, I find. You know, it's hard to get traction. And I think, um, like, for knitters, especially, you know, Pinterest and Instagram, and then now Periscope. (laughs) Yeah. So I think um, (laughs) instead of saying, I need to be on every, because there are some... Um, you know, more mainstream people. Um, sorry, Pat Flynn, but you know, he's a smart passive income. Uh, he does that. I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast, but he says be everywhere. He's like a mm-hmm. be everywhere mm-hmm. guy, but I don't know. I don't really think that be everywhere is always the right solution. Right. Focus more on what works for you instead of spreading your, you know, eggs, <laughs> eggs in every basket yeah, exactly. or spreading yourself too thin. I know. Exactly. But it's hard to make choices sometimes, isn't it? Because you think I'm missing out on right. such and such and oh no. Uh, but yeah, you got to find your tribe wherever That's they true. are, you know? Oh yeah. But back to the podcast. So then, yeah, I posted a, or a pod, I keep saying posted, but I mean podcast. <laughs> I podcast, you know, about my designs, but then also I thought, you know, I wanted to incorporate into it a little bit more. Um, I'm Bay Area knitter and so I've got friends that aren't designers that knit. And so they're here in the Bay Area. And so I've had a couple of them on as guests, you know. Um, one of them I'd met on Instagram, and then we met in person a few times and attended a couple of um, knitting meetups at a pizza place. And so I thought, you know, hey, do you want to be on my podcast and just share some of your finished objects and and so I've had her on twice. Um, she goes by the name of D Sadie on Instagram. And so she's been a, a guest. And her episodes, when I've had her as a guest, they end up being really popular. I don't know. I mean, she's a natural. People love her. <laughs> She'll, she shows her finished objects. And, and we get so many comments. And they say, oh, I love your guest. 
Um, and then my friend Patricia, I've gone to her house and we've done a podcast there. She's actually a brand new knitter as well. Well, I say brand new. I taught her how to knit. She was one of my customers at Beverly's and then we became friends and we joke about it being, um, her first hat she ever learned how to knit was very expensive because she was paying me $25 a class. And I think it took at least five classes until she finished her hat. <laughs> but yeah, we became friends after that. And so now we don't, you know, I don't charge her anymore. You know, she's my friend and <laughs> she knows how to knit now. <laughs> Yay. So I didn't ask you what the name of your podcast is. Oh, okay. Um, it's just the Bay Area Knitter Podcast. If you go on YouTube and you just type in Bay Area Knitter, you'll find it. And it's one word, Bay Area Knitter. Very cool. And is it YouTube or do you have a host like a Podbean or something? Or are you, you're just uploading these directly? No, to- I've been uploading directly to YouTube, but I want to get it on iTunes. And I'm, I'm going to talk to you about that later because I don't have any clue how to get that I've tried looking at iTunes and I just don't understand the setup. <laughs> oh yeah, um, we can definitely chat. I mean, it, you know, but, but you know, basically, uh, you need to have it a, have a host for the for the actual uh, video podcast. So Podbean is is one that uh, it's kind of like the most. It's like one of the highly recommended platforms for oh. hosting, you know, video. So then basically, you get it's like you get a you have mm-hmm. a feed, and then that's what you send to iTunes. So, so yeah, we'll chat. I mean, like, we'll, we'll talk shop cool. about that. Because, um, you know, I've played a little bit around with the video. I'm just not ready because it's more right. editing. Like I know how to do it. But it's I, I did it once on the morning cool down podcast. But it's just, you know, it's a lot. And so I figure, okay, let's get phase one down mm-hmm. for this, you know, podcast. And then phase two will be video. But we'll see. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? So this is cool. I'm really excited, um, you know, to, you know, that you're doing this because I think it's something that, uh, you know, the knitting world needs. So, so anyway, um, is there something quirky or unusual about the way you knit? I want to kind of switch gears a little bit here and ask you about that. Do you have anything to share in that respect? Um, And I wasn't, I wasn't sure um, if you meant, or I'm not sure if you mean like, quirky as in my technique or in yeah. my technique I've the way I purl I've been told by multiple people several people have said that they've never seen anybody purl like that before <laughs> really so are you a continental knitter or an English or combination? Um, so I always get those confused I hold my yarn in my left hand and right I so you're pick, you're a pick pick. at it yeah you're of. you're I was gonna say you must be so you're either a picker or a thrower. So you've heard mm-hmm. that. If you're a picker, you're continental. Okay. Uh, um, I'm I'm okay. a picker. I, I knit continental, although I'm trying to, I'm trying to force myself to to. I mean, I know how to knit English, but to force my hand to like feel comfortable with it, so I can, you know, be adept at e- either right. thing, you know. And it's been recommended uh, to me <laughs> when I do videos for a creative knitting oh. magazine to like, you know do English, but I haven't had and a problem. that's when you hold it I'll in the right hand and you have to throw it around. You throw. And it takes mm-hmm. longer, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> it does. It does mm-hmm. take longer. Um, my argument is, and I'm sorry, now I'm, I asked no, you a question fine. and I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I believe is the, it's what's going on, like what's on the needle is where the action is mm-hmm. happening. So um, I've never 
never received a complaint. In fact, only thank you for going mm-hmm. slow. Thank you for, you know, being really specific in your words and what it is that you're doing, you know, in the technique or the stitch or whatever. But it's never been, I don't know what you're doing because you're knitting different than me, like continental mm-hmm. knitting versus English. But, um, but you know, then why right. not? You know, I think to open the door, you know, or to be just completely versatile enough um, uh, to, to knit both ways. So that's my so goal. when you purl, how do you purl? I purl by bringing down my, the yarn with my middle finger. Okay, because I use my thumb. My, my thumb that's in ah, front. Ah, I've heard that before. Because it's in front. And oh, I just, it's okay. Looped, you know, I pull it to the front. I loop it over my, it's like just automatically kind of goes over your thumb and then I just lift it over with my thumb. I just, it's like your thumb is right there by the tip of the needle. So I just lift it over with my thumb and keep going. That is quirky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know that, yeah, I've never seen that. And you know, every time it's funny when I'm out, you know, especially at a a trade show or a consumer show and I like to watch people and see how they knit. I mean, most people do knit English, uh, but, but then you see some people that are, um, you know, combination or continental. And I've never seen anyone purl the way mm. I purl as a continental mm-hmm. knitter, but maybe I just didn't have a chance to see anyone doing it yet. You'll so, have to uh, show it on but Periscope. Yeah, it, show us how you do it on Periscope and then I'll show you how I do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, you know what, I was just thinking uh-huh. about that, but it's really funny. Like right now I have a, a really odd cut on my on my middle <laughs> finger, so I can't do, so if I show that, anyway, it's I'm very self-conscious, I don't want to show <laughs> Yeah, right? Or like a pretty Hello Kitty yeah, Band-Aid, yeah. no big deal. Well, actually, in my house, I have um, Angry Birds and um, Minion Band-Aids. Spider-Man. Well, that, yeah, that, that, we have those too from time to time. Uh, so that was fun. And um, so what about an unusual story? What about that? Do you have any bizarre, no, bizarre, <laughs> funny, unusual, bizarre, whatever? Like, you know, because I know I can remember funny experiences. So I figured... Other knitters are going to have something to share with your knitting. Well, mine, yeah, like on a trip or something. Yeah, you know well, I mean, mine, I think the the I don't know if it's really that funny, but I guess it kind of is, and it has to do with while I was doing a demonstration at Beverly's for my knitting, there was a lady that came into the shop and she was watching, and she had an accent, so I know she was from England or somewhere, and um. She had her needles with her because she had a project she had with her. And so she's knitting while she's watching me. And then she wanted to try what I was doing. So let me see if I can say this correctly so that you understand (laughs) what happened. But I handed her what I was working on so she could try it. And she used her needle. Okay, it was on my right needle. And then she used her left needle to knit. I think that's how it works. But anyway... Long, well, yeah. the, 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 you mean the live stitches were on your right, right needle. Right, on my needle. And, and she was, and she had an empty needle in her left hand, yeah. is that what you're saying? And she was going to kind so of she knit. she okay. using her needle with my wow. needle. And then long story short, um, after she tried what I, she got down, you know, she did whatever I was doing and she left. And I started my demo again and I looked down and I had one of my needles and one of her needles. And they were two different <laughs> sizes too. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Well, I guess you would, right? Because you're yeah. like, who knows? If she's yeah. And that's she so never cute. Came back, and so you know, I <laughs> kept those. It, it was a British brand, I think, too. And you know, so I've got one mismatched set of needles, and they were straight needles, and I've used those for 
like you know those yarns those uh it's stuff they sell at the craft shops like that had the balls on it it had a ball and then a strand mm. and then a ball and then a strand like some crafty yarn and um i, I forget yeah, what it was called so. like pom pom pompadoodle or something like that okay <laughs> and there's no you That's know so no fun. gauge needed or whatever and so i've done a few scarves with those needles because you didn't need any mm-hmm. specific size <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people have requested those oh, scarves wow. you know around Christmas or whatever so <laughs> yeah that's a cute story yeah. I know I like that um so what what's the best advice that you've ever received Christine so the best advice um I guess just never give up I mean I know that sounds really easy to say, but um, I always say where there's a will, there's a way. And if you really want something, you'll find a way to go out there and get it or achieve it. So, I mean, just mm-hmm. never give up. Yeah, never yeah. give up. There, that I always think of that. Um, Winston Churchill, mm-hmm. right? He's the one that said that never, 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 <laughs> never. I don't know how many nevers. Never right. give up. You know, and it's true, like, um, this is interesting, like, just that whole idea of never giving up, like, right when you feel like you're ready to give up, they say that's like when the magic is probably oh, yeah, happen. when you least do expect you, do it. You, yeah, yeah, because it's like you're bleeding through right. your eyeballs. I know, sorry for the, uh, you know, <laughs> metaphor, but like some people refer to it that way. It's like, this is, this is like, because you're doing the right. work, right? So that's like when you have to be like really uh, kind of attentive right. and mm-hmm. mindful, you know? And so that person, was that a person in your life that just always, you know, was there someone that like when they, when they gave you that advice, it just kind of hit your heart a little bit and stuck with you? I don't know if it was a specific person or if it was more, um, I've always liked reading motivational books and just, you know, Mm -hmm. different things like that. Just the the motivational Mm -hmm. part of it, I think that aspect Mm-hmm. So what do you do when, you know, times get a little tough? You know what I mean? Like, you feel like you want to give up. Like, what helps you? I know what you're going to say. You're knitting. Yeah. <laughs> knitting. You know, but um, I mean. And I pray and I've started doing mm-hmm. yoga. So that kind of mm-hmm. helps too. But yeah. Yeah. And you're a, mor- and you're a morning person. Well, I, I am. Are a, you? I am oh, a morning <laughs> person except for maybe a couple months out of the year when the kids are on summer vacation. <laughs> and then mm-hmm, I do sleep mm-hmm. in a couple of hours later sometimes. But, you know, mm-hmm. I do get up and I'm I'm thinking I might even start getting up earlier. Right now I get up at about 6.30 just to get the kids, you know, breakfast and everything ready before I wake them up and get them ready for school. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I like to do my morning walk, which happens after I take them to school. Um, you know, I'll take them to school and then I'll walk around the neighborhood before it gets too hot. Mm-hmm. And that helps me, you know, yeah. I do a lot of thinking while I'm walking too. Oh, sure. Yeah. And lots of creative ideas yeah. come. You know, I know for myself, because, you know, I run in the morning and, you know, I, I, I was going to say, because, you know, when I said morning person, because, mm-hmm. you know, we're both in the Miracle Morning Group. And I like to talk about that from time to time, because that's a big part oh, yeah. of my life. You know, just the more the morning aspect, because I've been rising early for years. And then when I found, um, it's a book called The Miracle Morning. And when I found that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, these are this is it. Al Elrod, you know? right? 
Yeah. Al Elrod, yeah. And and um he's mm-hmm. the author and I had him on the morning cooldown. He was my very first guest, by the way, oh, on wow. that show. Yeah, and I he's gonna be on again. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but we haven't nailed down a yeah. date yet. But it's a really great book. And he, and there's a group called The Miracle Morning. Uh it's a group, The Miracle mm-hmm. Morning on Facebook. And I mean, there's like what? Crazy, like almost twenty thousand people in that group. <laughs> yeah. I usually don't I that's I insane. was at the beginning I tried to do your morning check in time thing, but I know with our time difference, uh-huh. mine never really worked out the same. <laughs> Well, and also then I'm usually putting, I tried to make it later so I could get the Pacific, uh, mm-hmm. you know, time people because I usually put my post up at around 8.30 mm-hmm. Eastern mm-hmm. time. And so for anyone listening, I know we're going off on a yeah. tangent, but it's cool. But um, yeah, so I do this thing. It's like a nightly accountability for people that want to get up in the morning, you know, and and uh, and so I say, all right, it's check-in mm-hmm. time for the, you know, tomorrow. And I usually post it around 8 like I said, 8.30 Eastern time. Um, and so it's kind of this way of helping people stay accountable for like the next mm-hmm. morning. And then when we wake up, we say, I'm mm-hmm. here. Um, and so people love that. And so now it's like when I go away, like a couple weeks ago, I was in the UK and I, I couldn't check in. I mean, I was literally camping oh, wow. like in mm-hmm. the woods. So I was like, uh, and I even told him I will be gone for eight days and I cannot check in. Oh my in. gosh. And, You're going to uh, have to talk about that <laughs> on my podcast. <laughs> I will. I will. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I don't mind. I like the idea of talking about other things because, you know, we're, we're knitters, but we also have these lives that are like, they're very large lives. Mm-hmm. Right. So it goes way beyond just what we do with our needles, but our needles like really help, you know, help color our lives. Right. right? I mean, it's so mm-hmm. true. And, um, so anyway, you know, I wanted to ask the morning, but also, you know, going into that whole quality of life thing, you know, like knitting plays a role, obviously, in our quality of life, you know, but can you think of like ways specifically how you, you, it, you said it's therapy, but like, how does it kind of that overarching, you know, thing, uh, how does it play a role in the quality of your life in regards to your overall health, happiness, and contentment? Um, I think just the way it helps me deal with stress, um, and kind of holds me together. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the thread that holds me together, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really mm-hmm. true. So, um, you know, and we're just we're gonna wrap up a little bit because this was great. We've been we've been on for a little while. And I just wanted to ask you a couple more questions if, if you mm-hmm. don't mind you if you would share. Um, so, uh, you know, I wanted you to share your one, just one, like your, your big overarching, use that word again, uh, personal habits. Like what's that one personal habit that you do every day that contributes to your success in life, in business, you know? I think just being mindful, um, about the priorities of the day. Like when you wake up and you, I always, I have a calendar and I have this habit of always looking at my calendar and seeing what needs to be done today. And so if I didn't have the calendar, I would be lost. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, as soon as I find out, you know, the kids have some event coming up back to school night or whatever, it goes into my calendar and you know, somebody asks, can we get together for coffee next week? I'm like, let me check my calendar. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So digital or paper? So it's just the calendar that came on my phone. That way it's with me everywhere I go. See, for me, it's it's got to be paper because digital is like, it's like in the black hole. I've tried it. <laughs> I am a note taker though. I, so I do take notes if I 
think of something, I write it down in a just a regular notepad. But it then I then I transfer it to my calendar in my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I'm like a crazy obsessed note taker mm-hmm. too, and planner, and yeah, sometimes to a fault because it's like stop taking notes and just do. <laughs> and it. You make your notes pretty too. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, right. You've seen Uh some of those. I like to post those too. Oh, yeah. So, um, well, this is great. So let let me ask you one more question, then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll say goodbye and you can share some, uh, you know, some of your contact info. But what would you, what kind of advice would you give to someone, you know, since you're a designer, we're talking about that side of things too. uh, What advice would you give to someone that's listening right now that might think, I want to just kind of tip my toes into the designing waters. And and it might be just, I want to start by sending uh, a design to a magazine. You know, I just want one, I want to see myself get published or whatever. Like what would be your piece of wise advice to them? Um, kind of the way I started out by just doing your research. Um, you know, there's a world of information online and at the library. Um, but if there's somebody that you admire in the business, I would, um, I wouldn't say advise you to do this, but I would recommend maybe trying to reach out to them. There's always ways to get in touch with people. They've got their emails on their website. Um, and it couldn't hurt to just you know, reach out and ask them questions that the worst they can say is no or not respond at all. But the best that could happen is that you could gain a mentor and a, a good best friend. Mm-hmm. Great advice. So now share where the listeners can reach you, Christine. So probably the best place, um, there's two websites. It's bayareanitter.com. That's my blog. And I also have my um my podcast feed through there. So I, I list my podcast there and I blog there, bayareanitter.com. And then um, if you go to christinemariechen.com, then that's where I've got um, the list that shows, well, I should probably change it, but it shows that I've, <laughs> that I've done teaching, <laughs> teaching at Beverly's. I mean, they're still there if um, somebody contacts them and asks about me. They always call me and say, somebody wanted to get in touch and find out if you could teach a class. Then I still meet people over there and do one-on-ones occasionally. But um, So christinemariechen.com, that has links pretty much to everywhere else if you go there. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm Bay Area Knitter and on Twitter. And and Periscope. That's great. (laughs) And Periscope. And Periscope. Well, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Well, that wraps up another episode of the Power Pearls podcast. And I hope that you enjoyed my chat with Christine and that you will check out her podcast, Bay Area Knitter. And all you have to do is go to YouTube and search Bay Area Knitter. It's one word. And also just a little bit of info because I am on her podcast as well right now. So uh, during the recording of my interview with her, I had not, we, you know, we had not kind of figured out what that kind of timing would be. But as it turns out right now, when this goes live, my episode on Bay Area Knitter podcast was released uh, about a week ago or so. So you can check it out. And, you know, I talk about this podcast. I talk about my journey, uh, you know, as a knitter, uh, you know, my career and how it evolved. And I also talk about my other podcast, The Morning Cool Down, which you may have heard me mention before on Power Pearls, but uh, it's a morning show. Uh, You know, I usually uh, publish my episodes 
in the morning. And uh, this podcast, Power Pearls, has actually morphed from that podcast. Many of the listeners uh, were knitters. And, you know, and I thought, you know, I kind of had this epiphany moment when I realized that some of my most viral episodes were with knitwear designers and knitters. And so I thought, you know, it's really time to take advantage of, you know, creating a knitting podcast. And, you know, with my experience as editor of a major knitting magazine, I thought, yeah, I mean, it's time. So, um, so anyway, I talk about that. And uh, if you want to, you know, just check it out, Bay Area, Bay Area Knitter on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I think you'll really enjoy uh, the convo that we had. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please visit iTunes and leave a rating and review for this podcast. Why is this so important? And I say this every time because it's really going to help me greatly in getting the word out to more knitters and those wanting to learn this craft that we are all so very passionate about. Also, if you have a special knitting story, something that's really transformational that happened in your life and something that you think would really affect the lives of others, I'd love to hear from you. If you feel that your story will help inspire others on their knitting journey, then please go to powerpearlspodcast.com and click on tell your story and leave me a short voice recording there about your story and why you think you should be a guest on the podcast. And if you have a question or a comment or want your burning questions answered, you can also leave a recording for that as well, because each month, Tabitha Hedrick and I answer your burning knitting questions on Ask Kara and Tabitha Anything, which is a special edition series on this podcast. And with that, I will leave you and I hope to see you next time.